All right, News Roundup Information Overload Hour, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, still remaining on jury verdict watch. If it happens this hour, not likely, I guess, at this point, we'll let you know. Uh, there was a great hearing yesterday, and that was the Department of Homeland Security Secretary, Mayorkas, really getting pounded uh, by many senators. Ted Cruz was one. Senator Marshall Blackburn was another. Here's Senator Blackburn asking Mayorkas why Biden uh, needs a wall at a beach house, but not at the southern border, uh, which I thought was pretty interesting. And then the other Republicans grilling Mayorkas over the southern border. Listen. And U.S. taxpayers are also funding a half million dollar fence around President Biden's Rehoboth Beach House, correct? I'm not aware. And your department is overseeing this construction. You should be aware of that. President Biden obviously likes walls when they protect him. So can you explain to me why a wall is effective and necessary at the White House and the Biden Beach House, but is not necessary at the southern border? Yes, I can. There are there are thousands of miles along the southern border. And I agree uh, with what then Senator McCain uh, presented, which was there are different solutions for the border because of its tremendous expanse, the great diversity in the terrain that it must cover, and therefore the key, the key to border security is fundamentally advanced technology. That is the most effective means because we're not going to construct a border wall on the ragged and jagged cliffs in certain parts of the border. How many murderers have you released? I'm not aware of any murderers whom... How many rapists have you released? I'm not aware of any rapists whom... How many child molesters have you released? I am not aware of any child molesters whom we have released. We've got a president who's implementing a national mandate for vaccines for any employers, over 100 employees and all federal employees. Why shouldn't we mandate that somebody who comes across the border illegally shouldn't be vaccinated or that's a reason for expulsion? Under well, Title 42 or any other law? Uh, um, Senator, um, uh, the analysis for... Um, uh, migrants encountered at the border is quite different uh, than for uh, the federal workforce that leads by example. I right, joining us now is Senator Marsha Blackburn from the great state of Tennessee. Uh, you know, I listened to Mayorkas yesterday. Uh, I didn't find any of his answers adequate, and I found uh, a lot of hypocrisy and dishonesty here. You know, it's just like Jen Psaki saying, oh, well, we, we don't need to give COVID tests to illegal immigrants. They're not going to be here very long. And meanwhile, the administration is dispersing illegal immigrants all over the country with preferential treatment, no COVID testing, and no vaccine mandate. And it's costing the American taxpayer billions of dollars. You're exactly Senator. right about that. And we got no satisfactory answers yesterday. He was ill-prepared. He was arrogant. He was dismissive. He was at times a little bit aloof, Sean, and it was absolutely so frustrating to hear him be so cavalier about how they're addressing the border, to hear him say that the border is more secure than ever, to hear him try to punt when we actually read the stats to him from his department, from the Border Patrol, about the uptick 
that we are seeing in illegal crossings at the southern border. Very ill-prepared and just, you know, when you're, you know that these people are coming across the border, they're there for only a few hours as they come across, and then people, gangs, sex trafficking, human trafficking, labor crews, drugs, they are into every town and every state in this nation. Every town's a border town, and this is why I think the American people are so frustrated with this administration and this border policy. They're seeing crime in the streets, drugs in the streets. They're seeing children die. They're seeing fentanyl cost the lives, and the just the sadness and the danger that this causes for so many families. It is unbelievable to me, but I think the most glaring deficiency we have is we had controlled borders. Yes. Uh, Donald Trump's policy, stay in Mexico, worked. Building the wall worked. Uh, ending, you know, catch, or I now call process and release, that worked as well. Now, not only has all of that gone away, now they're inviting people in. They're processing them. They're in the middle of a pandemic. They're they're overcrowding they're putting people in overcrowded cages and then they take it to another level and that is that they don't test them for covid there's no vaccine mandate then they disperse people all throughout the united states in the middle of the night and claim that these are early morning flights um they're aiding and abetting law breaking now where i grew up i was taught that you don't get to pick and choose what laws you you want to obey and those laws that you want to break senator well, that's exactly right, and that is what they are doing. You know, when they are choosing to send people into communities with no notification to any of the local or state elected officials, and these individuals do not have proper identification, they have broken the law. When they are saying to people that were separated from a child for either a shorter or a longer period of time, many times so that they could make certain that that child was not being trafficked, and they're saying, we're going to pay the child and the adult $450,000. And if you're uh, two parents, two children, that would be $2 million. This at a time when inflation is running rampant, and many people are having trouble figuring out how they're going to make ends meet during the holidays. Sean, people are fed up with this. You know, and they're, I asked him yesterday if they were planning to pay people that had lost their lives or had been harmed by illegal aliens that were in this country. And of course, he wanted to argue about that. But they they contradict themselves. Their policy is to keep that border open and bring as many people into the country illegally so that we do not know who is in this country or what purpose they are coming so that we have drugs and crime in our streets, so that women and children are being abused and sex trafficked. That is the border policy of President Joe Biden and his administration. So what is the answer? Because I talked to Greg Abbott. I've talked to the Arizona Attorney General. Uh, I've even talked to Ron DeSantis about it. Ron DeSantis is actually floating an idea that he's serious about. When they disperse people to Florida, he's thinking of putting them on a bus or a plane and sending them straight to Delaware or maybe Washington, D.C. Um, because the, these governors, uh, Senator, they don't have the right to enforce the law. That would be the, that would be the role of the federal government. 
Yes, you're right about that. We've talked about doing that from some of these that they have flown into Tennessee, is putting them on a bus and sending them up here to the White House. And uh, because you have no control over this, the answer is exactly what the Border Patrol tells us they want to see done. They've said it for 30 years. President Donald Trump gave them what they needed to secure this country. Number one, building the wall. Number two, enhancing technology. Number three, giving them the agents that they need on the ground. And number four, give them the judges to adjudicate these cases, clear this back backlog and let people know they are not going to be able just to walk into this country and send a message to the cartels that they are not going to be able to go out here and charge people $10,000 a person, abuse them physically, sexually, emotionally when they're on this journey, and then have the U.S. taxpayer finish the job once they touch U.S. soil and buy them a plane ticket and send them wherever they're going in the country. Oh, I think that's a you know solid plan, but the reality is how do we have the legal means? Where is the legal, what is the legal means to justify, if you're not here in the country legally, to remove people and send them back? Who has the authority to do that? You're a senator. I don't think you have the authority. Governors don't have the authority. The federal government should have the authority. And by the way, even Border Patrol agents don't have the authority. So who has the authority to make that happen? The authority does rest with the Department of Homeland Security and with ICE. And it is their job. But as you talk to Border Patrol and ICE agents, which, Sean, you've been down there. You have talked to these guys. And I know they have told you like they've told me. This administration will not let them do their job. That is why they so appreciated President Donald Trump, because he allowed them to do their job and to secure that border and to reduce the number of illegal crossings. And he was giving them a wall that they have been asking for for years. All right, quick break. More with Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn on the other side. And your call's coming up, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. Still on jury verdict watch in the Kyle Rittenhouse case. We'll have full coverage tonight on Hannity, 9 Eastern, Fox News. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but. John Hannity's on right now. As we continue with Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn, one of the area I wanted to talk to you about is on the issue of vaccine mandates. Uh, there's now numerous legal challenges around the country. We did have the ruling of the Fifth Circuit. I think that's a good first step. Where do you see these challenges going in the courts? Well, we know that the Department of Labor is going to waive their rule for a while, while they or OSHA is going to waive it, while they figure try to figure this out. But they don't need to be figuring this out. This is not the federal government's place to do it. I actually have legislation we filed that says if you were an essential worker during the COVID-19 pandemic, you would be exempt from this federal mandate because all of our first responders, law enforcement, health care, grocery store workers, airline workers, 
they showed up. They did their job. They never missed a day. They figured out how to handle COVID. And they kept themselves and their families safe. And they should be exempt. But this administration is wanting to make this the litmus test. You get the jab or you don't get your job. And this is another way they have of controlling people, of trying to federalize health care, of having employers do the enforcement of controlling employees' lives from daylight to dark, 24 hours a day, 365 days of the year. And their mandate will not stand up to a court challenge. And because of that, we're continuing to work with these groups, and it's legislation like mine for essential workers that is helping to give people hope that they're going to be able to keep their job and not get fired because they won't get the shot from Joe Biden. And, Sean, we've had the United Airlines flight attendants and uh, Chicago police and New York City first responders, all sorts of unions, Democrat, Republican, Independent, they have all signed, come out supporting my legislation that would exempt these essential workers. They were our heroes in 2020, and we need to take care of them now. You know, I, I agree with you. You know what the saddest thing to me is? All the nurses, all the hospital workers, all the all the military, all the policemen and the firemen and the EMTs. I mean, those people were the heroes in the early days of COVID. And frankly, all throughout COVID, even now today. And they go into an environment where they're putting their own lives at risk. They did so. They did so willingly. Many of them contracted COVID as a result. And our answer to them at this point is uh, take the shot, even if you have natural immunity uh, or you're fired you know, whatever happened to the option that Joe Biden was floating when he first mentioned vaccine mandates, which he said he'd never do, uh, the option of, for example, testing people? Well, and so many of them have told me, they've said, you know, Marsha, I'll take a test. I'll take a test every week or two if they want me to take a test. But I don't want to get the vaccine. I have a medical concern or I have a religious concern, and they have asked for an uh, an exemption. They're not trying to avoid accountability, and they're not anti-vax. They are anti-mandate. And I have talked to people who have family members who maybe had an adverse reaction or there's a history of heart disease. Uh, there are other concerns. Concerns that individuals have. But for the federal government to turn around and say, okay, if you employ a hundred people, then guess what? You're going to be the vaccine police and we're going to require you to do this, whether you like it or not. Well, then what is the federal government next going to require employers to do for their, to their employees? What kind of activity are they going to require them to police? And these are all concerns of of individuals most people want to keep their job they love their job they have worked hard they understand covid is not going to be away this is not something that we're going to defeat this is something we have to learn to live with just like we do the common cold just like we do the seasonal annual flu this is something we well, have what to are, what are to parents going to do when they finally mandate vaccines against five and eleven year olds we only have 20 seconds uh, parents, I hope, are going to stand up. Children are not transmitters of COVID, and we know that. And parents should say, no, let's wait. The research, we need to depend on uh, more research, and we need to listen to the science on this. And science says 
children are not transmitters of COVID. All right, Senator Marsha Blackburn, great state of Tennessee. Uh, Senator, great to have you. Great job yesterday. 800-941-SHAWN is our number. If you're like me, you suffer from insomnia, and you have not discovered all things MyPillow, well, now is the perfect time to get the premium MyPillow for either yourself or somebody you love, maybe somebody for Christmas, because Mike Lindell right now is offering the lowest price ever on his premium my pillow the the one item that started it all uh and that is only 19.98 originally it was 69.98 that's a 50 dollars savings now the king pillow if you want that is 10 bucks more when you go to mypillow.com you just click on the Sean Hannity square uh and not only will you get this amazing offer they have over 150 plus my pillow products their giza dream bed sheets the my pillow mattress topper the slippers they got it all anyway they have rotating discounts every single day so keep going back to mypillow.com the sean hannity square or just give a call ask what the deals of the day are when you call 800-919-6090 and just mention my name and all that sleep that you want that you need that you crave that you desire and frankly deserve when those products arrive it will be yours MyPillow.com, Sean Hannity Square. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour. On Hannity.com, I see Sarah Carter also on her website has picked up on something nobody else really in the mainstream media has picked up on as it relates to the OSHA. um, Remember Joe Biden, he makes the vaccine mandate argument, and he was going to use OSHA as the vehicle by which he would enforce these vaccine mandates. Well, the Occupational Safety Health Administration, they have now suspended work on Biden's vaccine mandate after a federal appeals court. This is the uh, Fifth Circuit ruling um, hit pause on rules that would force companies with 100 or more employees to require COVID-19 shots uh, or regular testing. One of the big problems is they forgot about the regular testing part. And it's either get the shot or you lose your income and you lose your benefits and you lose your retirement. OSHA pointed uh, to the stay of the U.S. Uh, Court of Appeals, Fifth Circuit, and said that the court fight over the regulation known as the emergency temporary standard isn't over. The court ordered that OSHA take no steps to implement or enforce. Uh, and they now are waiting until further instructions from the court. While OSHA remains confident in its authority to protect workers in emergencies, OSHA has suspended activities related to the implementation and enforcement uh, pending future developments in the litigation. Now, it's unclear when the notice was posted, but the Missouri Attorney General, Eric Schmidt, took a victory lap uh, today, and this happened late yesterday. He said, earlier this month, I led a coalition in filing a lawsuit to stop OSHA's unlawful vaccine mandate, the first states to do so. Now, yesterday, OSHA announced that they would suspend enforcement of their illegal emergency temporary standard that mandates vaccines or testing on private employers. This is a huge victory for the people of Missouri and businesses across the country and an important step to completely halting these vaccine mandates. But there's more work to be done. So I'm sure that's going to be challenged in court uh 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program um there is a new development by the way in the case of the attorney general and 
of course, looking into moms and dads at school board meetings as domestic terrorists. Now we find out that on uh, this was on October 4th of this year, the attorney general forwarded a memorandum addressing a spike in harassment, intimidation, threats of violence against school administrators, board members, teachers and staff. The memorandum then directed each United States attorney in coordination with the FBI to convene meetings with federal, state, local, tribal, and territorial leaders in each federal judicial district within 30 days of the issuance of this memorandum. We share the obligation to ensure that every individual is able to do their jobs without threats of violence, fear for their safety. Now, that this can only be accomplished with effective coordination internally between relevant divisions and through effective coordination and engagement with our law enforcement partners and United States attorney offices. As a result, the counterterrorism and criminal divisions created a threat tag, and they give the name of it, uh, to track instances related to threats. We ask that your offices apply the threat tag to investigations and assessments and threats specifically directed against school board administrators, board members, teachers, and staff. The purpose of the threat is to ta- threat tag is to help scope this threat on a national level and provide an opportunity for comprehensive analysis to the threat uh, picture for effective engagement with law enforcement partners at all levels. When evaluating potential threats, we ask that you attempt to identify the following. Is there a federal nexus? Are there potential federal violations that can be investigated and charged? What's the motivation behind the criminal activity? Now, most of this stems from the fact that parents have been speaking out in school board meetings. At times it gets heated, but a heated discussion is not a threat by any definition. And parents are angry. They want age-appropriate materials, for example, taught to their kids. Uh, Parents are speaking out loudly against critical race theory. Uh, Parents are speaking out against draconian COVID measures. And school boards and people like Terry McAuliffe have been saying parents shouldn't have a say in their kids' education. You know, you would think that they would welcome the input of parents that are concerned and interested and care enough to participate in a school board meeting, which I've got to imagine is pretty dull and boring, uh, but they care enough to involve themselves for the betterment of every kid's education, but apparently not. The government wants to do it their way, and they don't want input from parents, and that's exactly what contributed, I think, in a big way to Terry McCullough's loss in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Anyway, 800-941-SHAWN, our number if you want to be a part of the program. As we say hello to Chad is in Texas. Chad, you're on the Sean Hannity Show. Glad you joined us. What's going on? A whole lot, Sean. Word on the street. Thank you for taking the call. You're my favorite. Word on the street is that you're in sunny Florida to give out an award tonight. Word on the street is correct. We're not hiding the fact that we're all down here. Everybody from Fox, I think, is down here in Florida. Uh, I've been working, so what do I know? Exactly. So one more quick word on that and a special uh, word to you. Um, If you're giving out an award, then that means you're Sean Hannity. So you should receive two awards tonight, you know, just to throw that out. Oh, I should get an award for giving out the award? Uh, Well, award Hannity an award for giving out the award to somebody that is far more deserving than I am. (laughs) 
you're giving out the award to whomever, but that means you should receive two different awards from what have you. I was just kind of giving you a little a note there. But, um, uh, Sean, you're my favorite on radio, and you've got a, a short week next week for Thanksgiving. I'm quite sure it's just Monday and Tuesday. Uh, so I want to wish you and your family and your team, both radio and television, a very uh, safe and happy Thanksgiving. And I just need two things from you. Okay. 2021 Turkey Ball for our video. And come <laughs> 415 Eastern, have your Coors Light in your refrigerator and watch my right. Dallas Cowboys beat the Las Vegas Raiders well, on Thanksgiving. Well, Eve. you and my son happen to be like the biggest Dallas Cowboy fans in the history of the Dallas Cowboys. My my son wasn't alive when Roger Staubach was quarterback, and he can give you every, every single statistic there is on Roger Staubach, for example. Uh, so I really don't have a choice because in New York, we really don't have a professional football team. We have two of them, but neither one is worth watching. Um, it gets beyond frustrating. But uh, listen, I'm, I'm a big fan of Dak. I think he's a great quarterback. I think he's a franchise quarterback for, for many years. Uh, I'm hoping he stays healthy. I know we had we had one little scare with him earlier in the in the season, um, but I. So you want me to put my turkey frying video up again, and you want it to be a current one, not the one I put up two years ago. Is that what you're saying? That that's correct, because you know the China virus, the asterisk last year, 2020. So uh, to see if you got a new turkey ball fryer, to see if there's anything uh, new that you're going to put to it. But the most important thing is, you know, watch my Dallas Cowboys on their annual national televised te- televised well, games. Well, I am going to be yeah. using my master built turkey fryer, uh, butterball turkey fryer. If you haven't gotten one, you need to get one. You use peanut oil, you put it in there. A 15 pound turkey takes an hour. And it is the juiciest, the single most delicious turkey you will ever eat in your life. So, yes, that is my role. And this year, I think I'm going to cheat, and I'm going to buy an electric, um, what do you call it, electric, electric carver. What? I have news. What? Are you ready? Yeah. It's very exciting. I'm excited. There are three professional football teams in New York. Not two. What's the third one? Well, what are the first two? Which ones do you think there the are? Giants don't, and the Giants Don't cheat. What's the matter with you? The Quiet. Giants and Jets. And the Buffalo Bills. Oh, that's right. I didn't think about the Buffalo Bills. You're welcome. Because I don't care that much about the Buffalo Bills. Okay, first of all. Bu- bu- Buffalo, Buffalo is in upstate New York. and That's where real football is. That's where they have snow I, no, and I've it's been, beautiful. I was up there one time when my kids were younger. We got great affiliates For a tennis. There. We do have a great affiliate yeah. up there. For a tennis tournament. Okay. The traffic hours before, and this is the cool thing. Now, the yeah. weather in Buffalo, yeah. by the way, the biggest fan of the Buffalo Bills in the history of the Buffalo Bills was Tim Russert. Is that right? Tim Russert and I, even though I'm Good sure guy. he disagreed with a lot of my opinions, was a wonderful human being. He loved you. Uh, I loved him. He, he was, was a great show. guy. Um, and if you've never read Tim Russert's books, you you gotta you got to read them. Uh, Big Russ is the first one. Can I tell you, when I first started working for you, one of the first things you said to me, I booked him for the show, and you said, read his books. It's an education. It's an education. I think I was with you three years. His dad was a garbage man. We had very similar backgrounds. And, for example, when the family was throwing out broken glass, a lot of people, they just, you know, take it, throw it in the bag. Right. But because he was in the profession. He knew. He knew that garbage men might just grab the bag from this angle, and they might you know, cut themselves wide open. Yep. And, you know, he would always wrap it up in cardboard so the guys wouldn't get hurt. Right. 
Uh, and then he, then everybody else started sharing with, with Tim their stories of their fathers and how great they were. And then he made it a second book, another huge bestseller. It and, kind of reminds me, what's the other book you always tell me to read? Rich Dad, Poor Dad was one of the other No, ones. I think My Grandfather's Son by oh, yeah. Clarence Thomas. That's another good book. But I also talk about Rick Warren's Purpose Driven Life. Oh, yeah, I have that If book. you like a self-help book. Very good. Uh, I think The Road Less Traveled is a classic that everybody should read. Um, I think books like Dante's Inferno, which I've read, Pilgrim's Progress, if you want to get into the real classics, the old Harvard classics, um, definitely worth reading. Forgotten uh, Man, Amity Shales. Yeah, uh, I'm interested in Ayn Rand. I'm interested in novels when I have time. I don't have time to read, but Taylor Caldwell is my favorite yeah. author. Um, and she's long since passed, but she was so insightful. Yeah. I love books that talk about life after life and people that that were pronounced dead for a period of time and then come back to their body and they describe their experience in heaven like heaven is for re mm -hmm. is for real and uh 90 minutes in heaven is mm -hmm. another famous one uh, i love all of those books well it's incredible it's it's sort of the affirmation and the confirmation that you know this is real and that, yeah i'm you know, not going to be here much longer so when i croak what's the rule of my my funeral have a party don't cry no crying aloud. Yeah, it's okay. I have very expensive mascara. I'm never crying at that party. <laughs> it's never gonna happen. Just so you know. No, I said, but and I and I actually have a line in my. I just recently redid my will, and I have a line in there. Mm -hmm. I want it to be a celebration of a life undeserved. Oh, that's very nice. But that's what I believe. I like that. Should we get that on a plaque for you and and put it up or? You well, know. for my mausoleum, Hannity's America mausoleum. Just put it right on the door, you know, and just knock very gently. Can I'll I, tell you one can thing. I come in. I'm, I'm gonna get a big one, so there's room for plenty of people. But I can't, I can't spend eternity with you oh. laying next to me. Listen, don't worry. You know, you already told me to shut up three times today. So you know, we're on, oh. we're, we're on a roll. You know, we get on the road. Oh and, my God! And poor sweet baby James. It'll be he could be next to me. I'm fine with that. Well, sweet baby James has that name for a reason. He's very, very sweet. He's very kind. He does all. You the know things. what the interesting thing is? I was still talking, but go ahead. Sweet baby James is <laughs> has the kindest heart of any anybody that I know. Until you piss him off. See, now I've been here. I'm here 17 years. So. What I will tell you, and I will leave this person's name out of this story, yeah. although it would be so fun to put it in. And you know who I'm gonna, who I'm talking about when we get there. We were on the road for a primary, all of TV, all of radio, sitting at a hotel for breakfast. It was very early. None of us are morning people. All right. And someone came over to our table and said that they were unhappy with the amount of noise we were making, which wasn't very much at all. And James. Wait a minute. And you were there and it wasn't much noise? First of all, that's not the point. Okay, if I'm loud. I make no excuses for it. It's part of my job. If you were there, there probably was an inordinate amount of noise, but continue. I was on my second Bloody Mary. I'm not going to oh, lie. Oh, boy. Here we go. But I'll make this short and sweet. And this person was not nice. And you went to get up. And James put his hand on you. He goes, I got this. And I'm like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm like, the quiet man is risen. I'm like, this is it. It's over. And this person went back to their table. And James very quietly went over. And he he's like the brother that again, I never had. still talking. And um, Well, if you took a breath, I might be able to have a conversation. <laughs> Where did I learn this from? I don't know. This tactic. grief. But James went over and had a few words. And very, from the distinct little bit I could hear, he looked at him. He goes, you, sir, are no gentleman. Oh, I do remember this. Now, now. you know who I'm talking about. Now I know. Yeah, I remember that. Anyways, it's time for our commercial break, so that's oh. the end of that story. All right.
That's going to wrap things up for today. We are on full, complete verdict watch uh, for Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. Uh, we have our reporters on the ground. Sarah Carter is there in Kenosha. We'll check in with Greg Jarrett and Alan Dershowitz, Leo 2.0 Terrell. Judge Pirro will join us tonight. Lara Logan, Congressman Michael Waltz, Jason Chaffetz, Clay Travis. News you will never get from the mob and the verdict if it comes down today. We'll see you tonight at 9 from Florida. We'll be back in New York tomorrow. As always, thank you for being with us. You make this show possible. We never forget it. We'll see you tonight, and then we'll see you back in New York tomorrow. Thanks for being with us.